hello. Welcome to The Fool and the Page, a podcast for writers, the tarot curious, and for all of us who are making stories to make sense of things. In this episode, we have a listener request from my fellow writer, Haley. Thank you, Haley, for requesting Two of Swords in companionship with Queen of Swords. So I think both of these popping up individually in readings and then... So sort of repeating, we're talking about repeating cards a little bit here. The frequency, perhaps, of pulling Two of Swords and also Queen of Swords is popping up. And then imagine that the two come together in a bigger spread. Whew. Don't you love it when that happens? Um, <laughs> I can't wait because I love to talk about cards in partnership with each other and how they can kind of be um, partners and advocates for us as a, as a duo, as a trio. So, yeah. Um, let's get into it. I'm really looking forward to this. I, I think the cards are never really alone. Consider how the tarot is not linear, as life is not linear. So when we're in one phase or one energy, one card, we can consider how we've moved in and out of it, how it is temporary, how we are ever changing, ever evolving. And I think this is especially important considering that many of us do single pulls because that's what we have time and energy for. That's oftentimes what I'm doing in the morning, pulling a single card for the day. And what I love about having a sword <laughs> or two swords in companionship rather is that a single sword can sometimes feel heavy, right? The illustrations are often grim depending on the deck that you have. They can feel a little dark. They can feel a little heavy. And I've, I've shared this with so many of you lately in readings, but the swords have become a really close companion of mine this past, you know, year and a half. Um, and now whenever I pull them, I sort of pause and take a real deep breath. And it's like, oh, hello. Hello, old friend. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and I, I feel like with some cards, um, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm so excited about the energy of the card that uh, once I pulled it, sometimes I rush off like, yes, <laughs> Queen of Pentacles, let's do this. And then it's like picture the card Queen of Pentacles is spinning in the dust while the car takes off. And <laughs> I have to be grateful for the cards that encourage me to pause because that's what I should be doing every time. I come to the cards. Um, so back to the whole heaviness factor. Uh, swords sometimes look scary because that's what our brain does when we when we evolve, when we change. That's what happens when we change the way that we think about things, right? When we leave old stories behind, that's scary because no matter how much we claim that we like change, and I am one of those people, Love to say how much I love change. No matter how much we say that, our brains would very much like things to stay the same because that's what will protect us. And, you know, thank goodness for that. But if we want to thrive, that requires change. So I love that we have a card that might look a little grim with a card that is often interpreted as graceful, majestic, lovely. That's Queen of Swords, by the way. And I want to look at the wild unknown for this, um, the deck created by artist Kim Kranz. Um, so take a moment to pull those cards for yourself in whatever deck you want, the Two of Swords and the Queen of Swords. 
or search for an image, pause if you need to, to have those up and ready and accessible. So I love the court cards in the sword suit in the wild unknown. It's this beautiful family of owls. And hey, the two of swords ain't too shabby either. Let's start there. The two of swords in the wild unknown is two swords crossed against a black and white background with a fiery eclipse cradled in the X formed by the two blades. So this is reinterpreting um, that Smith Rider weight figure who is blindfolded and holding the swords crossed in front of their chest. Now, sometimes people talk about balance with this card. Sometimes they talk about decision fatigue. I want to talk about how we oftentimes see this card as the opposite of clarity or being blinded to the next step, what, what seems like the right step and we can't quite get there. And now some of you are already like, oh, the queen, the queen's coming up. Yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> so as I mentioned in, in the Smith Rider weight, the figure is blindfolded and we get a sense of darkness. Um, we also get a sense of darkness with the eclipse and the wild unknown. Now, I am not an expert on eclipse energy, but I just want to talk about what happens visually in an eclipse. So sure, there's, there's a literal blocking of the light. We see the flames bursting out behind this black circle. It's gorgeous. And it's also terrifying. But I think eclipses can actually be illuminating in the sense that they completely shift our perspective. Everything changes. The world goes a little quiet and we have to pause. We cannot go rushing ahead. We have to pause. We're forced to pause. A lot of folks um, talk about eclipse energy as a potential reset, like a new moon. So consider how the moon card in the tarot asks you to pause in a moment or phase of darkness and to sit with that, knowing that the sun is soon to follow. It's the next card in the line of the major arcana, and it's the next phase in the cycle from night to day. Light is on its way. And with this lovely companion and queen of swords, we know that we've seen the sun before, that we've known clarity before, and we'll know it again. Because here's the thing about the court cards, they're always there for us. These cards offer a fresh but wise and seasoned perspective for us, and they invite us to tap into our own inner resources in a time of uncertainty. Because, well, unless you're a baby reading tarot for yourself, and I, <laughs> I mean, if anybody knows about that happening, I'd love to hear more about that. Unless you're a baby, you have probably embodied many, if not all, of the court cards at one point or another. And guess what? You will again. About the Queen of Swords, I'm going to talk about the reality TV show Survivor, which I had never really watched in its 20 years of being on air which is wild to me. But my husband started watching it at peak pandemic. And um, <laughs> what do you know? It's peak pandemic again. And I started watching it with him just um, a couple weeks ago. And okay, before we talk about Survivor though, <laughs> now you can't wait. You're so excited <laughs> to hear about Survivor. Let's look at the gorgeous illustration by, by Kim Kranz of Queen of Swords. The owl here 
looks like a snowy owl with the dark bars down the wings. And the owl is balancing on a blade. And I mean, talk about slicing through the confusion. That owl is squarely on top of the confusion or on top of the mind, looking right at you, like so clear, so focused. They're staring at you with this look that's almost like, yeah, I got this. So speaking of which, back to Survivor and Sandra Diaz Twine, the only contestant to ever win two different Survivor competitions. Sandra has this phrase, queen stays queen. Now, I love, I love Sandra as a competitor because she's not like these folks who seem like maybe they're like ultra marathon runner competitors on the show. Like you can just tell. Um, and <laughs> y'all, I'm not going to get too far into like the structure of Survivor as a reality TV show. All you need to know is that they like throw, you know, North Americans into an island somewhere that is probably, you know, um, in an ocean somewhere, um, in, uh, like, uh, like an extreme climate of some sort to Northern Americans, <laughs> drop them there and then force them to like jump all these hurdles, do all these competitions and go without, you know, the same amount of food that they're used to. It's, highly problematic <laughs> in so many ways. Um, but I want to focus on Sandra. I want to focus on Sandra, who has this phrase, queen stays queen. When she's competing on the show, you know, it, it, you see her up against these competitors who look like they've been waiting since 10th grade to just really kill it in a race or like a ropes course, because that was when they peaked. And they can't wait to dive in again because they feel like since high school, like they haven't been living their real lives. And finally, they just get to race again. Finally, they get to compete in a ropes course and they can't wait because that's where they feel at home. Sandra often sits out the physical competitions when the numbers are uneven. And she she has this kind of quiet strength. I feel like even when she's reactive, she's not reactive. Like she checks herself. To me, this owl right here says, queen stays queen. The queen has boundaries. The queen stays queen because the queen has boundaries. And I talked about this in my episode on Queen of Swords. So I'm revisiting that a bit. The queen goes deep. Like we're talking subterranean. The queen goes to some dark and cool and cave-like places and then emerges ready to speak and make decisions and declare their truth fully empowered and emboldened by that time of going deep. The owl here cannot rest easy on that razor thin blade without having gotten really comfy in the dark. The queen is deep. So the queen takes time and listen, Two of Swords is telling you to look inward. Queen of Swords is the outward manifestation of taking that time to go inward and dig deep. Have as a pair. How would they advise us in times of either indecision, not knowing which path to take, or carving out new boundaries for ourselves, personally, creatively, professionally, what would they say? Number one, 
Don't be afraid of the dark. Consider that eclipse as a time to shift perspective, as a time to reset. Listen, I don't, I don't like not knowing what's happening any more than the next person. But if everything were always so clear and accessible in our lives, we would never change. And that brings me to my next point. If the energy of the card you pull makes you uneasy, gives you pause, or feels like a challenge from the tarot, call upon the energy of another card to help you out. Even if it's not the one you pulled, they are always available to us. They're all available to us. These archetypes, these symbols, these stories, they are always available to us. It doesn't matter if you didn't pull it. The same goes for if you just feel like you're in one card's energy at the moment. I'm in a moon phase right now. I don't have answers to a lot of fucking questions. So I have the sun up on my altar, part of this like little tableau. It's actually from the tiny tarot deck that my best friend from childhood gave me. And I see it every time I round this corner in my house and I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm aiming for. The sun's going to come out. The sun will come out. If you are feeling that you are in a two of swords phase right now, know this, you have embodied queen of swords energy before. You're probably doing it in certain ways even now, or you're working on it. You may not be quite ready to embody that energy wholly and fully, but you have, and you will do it again. All right, if you're if you're sticking around or if you're headed out, um, let's take a deep breath together. Deep breath in. Exhale. I'm just like shrugging my shoulders and kind of like settling in. If you're if you're on a walk, if you're in the car, take a moment to just like raise your shoulders and then let them drop. Safely, if you're driving, of course. Um, and I hope you stick around for 25 minutes of guided writing, or you are welcome to just listen to these questions and pause the podcast and just kind of imagine your responses to this. Um, these writing prompts can be self-reflective or generative for your work in progress, a story or book or work of visual art that you're crafting at the moment. So I'm going to lead you through them. Um, and give you an opportunity to pause and write in response. First things first. <laughs> for this first prompt, I just want you to imagine an eclipse, either for you or your character, and imagine it in their world. How does it feel, look, and smell as the eclipse settles in? You may be writing from memory here. You may be completely imagining this for your character. How does that eclipse feel, look, and smell? Pause and write for eight minutes. Now for the second prompt. When you or your character is in this eclipse moment, imagine opening up a door in the dark sky and letting in light from a completely different phase or realm or part of your mind. This could be completely imagined on your character's part. This could physically happen. And if you're writing from memory, 
you're going to be doing some wild imagining here, unless you experienced this. And if you did, please tell me. I want to hear about it. Please DM me. Um, so yeah, when, when you and your character are in this eclipse energy, imagine opening up a door in the sky. What is there for you? What's there? Pause and write for eight minutes. And for the third and final prompt, I want you to imagine the eclipse ends, the phase shifts, the sun comes out. What happens? What happens to the door you've opened? Where does it go? What did you gain from it or take from it? What does the world do? How does it look, feel, and smell for you or your character when that sun comes out? Right here for nine minutes. Of the, the writing or the imagining, let's do another collective inhale, exhale. So take a deep breath in. And exhale on your own time. It's totally okay if your inhale exhale is much longer than mine or shorter than mine. The point is to pause. The point is to breathe um, and sort of get comfy in that moment of pause, just like the eclipse. Um, I hope you enjoyed the writing. I hope you got something out of um, what I guess was a pretty brief podcast, but <laughs> I had some very specific things to say, um, partly about um, Sandra Diaz Twine, uh, Queen Stays Queen. So, um, Thank you again to Haley for this listener request. Please send me more requests. I love to hear from you. You can DM me um, on Instagram, at Fool in the Page. You can also email me through my website, clairecampbellwriting.com. Just a heads up, there's only a couple spots left in the next New Moon reading series. It's a special tarot reading sale that I'm doing August 8th through 9th. I think the only spots available are on the 9th, uh, immediately following the New Moon. The magic is still there, y'all. The magic is still there. So I hope you'll join me for that or a tarot reading any old time. I'd love to see you virtually, of course. Um, yeah, until we write together again, just um, take care of yourselves. And yeah, um, I'll join you again soon on the next episode. Thanks so much for being here. <laughs>